It'll affect your children's children if you do it correctly. You want something? Go get it. The Den of Lies. Hello again. This week I want to talk to you about money. How to accrue wealth. Last week I talked about health, your mindset and purpose... The concept of negative over positive, naturalism, what your exposures are, immune system and detox, supplements, herbs, mushrooms, input, output, diet, training, relationships, mental health, stress. So if you didn't hear that, check out last week's episode. I think there's a lot there. The intention with it was to... Highlight some ideas for you to go and search on your own. But in this episode, I want to chart out pretty succinctly money. So the first thing is that you must invest consciously. You are an investor. You do invest The brands that you buy into, whether it's something you put on your body or in your body, in your home, to the type of money you use, these are choices that end up being investments in those companies. So some people particularly use credit, some people use cash, some people use Venmo or the cash app. PayPal, when you use these different avenues, you end up benefiting the supplier of such. So I want to start with helping you to recognize that you are an investor already. Now I want you to do so consciously and with an intention to build your wealth. And I'm going to start it off with a little secret. You want to get wealthy? I'll tell you how. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. So, check it out. These are the core four focuses you should have when trying to generate wealth. Don't lose. Shoot for an asymmetric risk-reward. Be tax-efficient and diversify. So don't lose is rule number one because by staying neutral, you're actually somewhat in the positive. If a market goes down and you don't lose any money, you now have this available cash to put into the market. Whereas if you would have lost it, you've lost the ammo that you could use in a downturn. Asymmetric risk reward. Ideally, you want five to one, but three to one is great. Two to one, minimum. Being tax efficient is something I need to get better about. That's a whole realm on its own. But the reason somebody like Trump doesn't divulge his tax information is because 
he doesn't really pay taxes. And most rich, definitely the wealthy, don't. I don't know if you've seen, but Amazon paid very little taxes. And that's a consistency every year. It's because there are ways to operate and balance a checkbook so that when it comes time to pay your taxes, you many times can be in a net positive and diversifying. So here's the way you can diversify. You can diversify across asset classes, within asset classes, across countries, and across time. The time one is unique, and I'll mention it near the end when I talk about strategies. Now, across countries, we all know which countries exist, right? But the ones that we want to look at as developing markets, which hold the biggest potential, right? We're looking for a risk reward. These countries present a high risk because they're in the development stage, but if they blossom, in your position correctly, you get a huge reward. Those countries, India, on its way to being a superpower, becoming a superpower, Vietnam, the Middle East, South America, Africa, and Eastern Europe. I will mention this in depth in my communication episode, but I think Eastern Europe, particularly Russia, has huge potential here. And personally, I think Southeast Asia right, this includes Vietnam, but Southeast Asia as a whole has a lot of room for growth and a lot of potential for capital investment. So already I've told you the four points that you need to focus on if you want to be successful in investing. And I've shown you how you can diversify properly, ways to diversify. And when you really get serious about things, looking for foreign markets that will present you some good opportunities. So, you can't save to become wealthy. You simply cannot save to become wealthy. Because if you have this lump sum, anytime you spend a portion of it, it's going down. It's like deflation constantly. You can add to it, you can save, but you're always throwing dirt onto the pile that you're digging dirt off of. You simply cannot get rich by saving. You must invest. If you look at a 401k, many people may think of it as savings, but it's not. You're investing. You're almost required as an employer to set up an investment for your employee. But the problem is that the average 401k has 17 different fees. And they have a average fee percentage that's above 2.5%, you know, around 3%, many times higher. There's so many different fees at so many different points. You can't leave it up to somebody else. You wouldn't let somebody else decide what you ate every day. With something as emotional as money, 
I almost can't fathom how people can just dismiss and disregard what their money does. They just hand the responsibility over to somebody else. Savers are losers. What did Warren Buffett say? The worst investment is cash. The one scenario where cash serves you is that it's, it is liquidity. It is what people seek when they want liquidity. In a scenario where markets are trending down, having cash is a good thing because it allows you to establish a position when these lows come in. It's also generally stable or seen as stable. In fact, the U.S. dollar has lost more than 96% of its purchasing power since its inception as it exists today, since Nixon took us, took us off of the gold standard. My thesis is that at some point, the U.S. dollar as it exists today will die. And so personally... I'm looking into a lot of dollar alternative assets, which I'll discuss soon. But what you want to focus on is income. Income is the outcome. And that's why real estate is such a big thing. But you can find that outcome from different asset classes. Real estate is just the easiest and the most well-known, the most understood the most respected in many ways. I don't have to work a job if I have four different assets that are each giving me $300 a month. I have a lot of freedom if I have income coming to me without having to work. So the ideal asset, especially when you're starting out, but when you're trying to create security is to acquire things that bring you revenue without having you do much maintenance or upkeep management of it. So it doesn't have to be real estate, but that's why people are so jazzed about real estate is because it provides you residual income. And what's unique about residual income is that many times it's tax free. So people work so hard for so long and then don't even get to keep all of what they earn. But imagine if you invest properly in every single dollar you earn, you do get to keep. And guess what? You didn't even have to work for it. Robert Kiyosaki has a, mm, a graph, a chart, a metric called the ESIB ah, quadrant. And it stands for employee, self-employed, and business owner, and investor, ESBI, excuse me. And at each quadrant, you're basically leveling up. Employees work for a paycheck. Self-employed work for a paycheck, but they have a bit more freedom and a bit different in the tax realm. Business owners provide employees with paychecks. They have more freedom, of course, more wealth. And investors invest in the B and S quadrants. And again, what's unique about being an investor is in some cases, you can get this residual income, which is not taxed, right? It goes back to the tax efficiency. 
You want more money? <laughs> uh, excuse me. Sounded almost like an accent. I was referencing something. You want more money, kid? Learn how to be efficient with it. So, don't work for money. Make money work for you. Simple. Now, here's the four E's. This is something that you need to consider when you get to a higher level, when you're looking for more realms to invest in, but also what you need to consider as you're moving forward because at any point, these factors can get whipped up and change the game. So allow me to find this. Four E's. Uh-oh. Seems I've lost it. Let's see if I can conjure it up in my head. The environment, energy, mm, something else, <laughs> an exponential. I'm going to move along, but I'm going to come back to it because I'm certain that I know where it is. I just need to find it. I have it in my notes here. So my point in getting you this, here it is, ready? The economy, environment, energy, and exponential. Economy is an obvious one. The environment is something like companies that are trying to push going green. As we see in the collective consciousness, this is something that people hope for their companies and their governments to pursue. And so with that awareness, you can kind of assume that companies who follow that agenda are going to get more customers, more fans, because they represent something that they themselves want to see happen. Energy, right? We're looking at Tesla. We're looking at solar, wind, different sorts of oils, hemp. An exponential. An exponential is something like AI. At some point, it hits this... This, uh, like, big bang period where the development that's happening exceeds all the development before it in shorter and shorter periods of time. But at this exponential moment, it's just blowing forward. And it changes the landscape so completely. And my point in bringing these four E's to you is that you need to shift your mindset so that you're anticipating rather than reacting. Winners anticipate, losers react. Ultimately, the the latter goes like this, creation being better than action, 
which is better than responding, which is better than reacting. So consider those. Now, in a scenario where things get real bad, right? Shoot, look at 2020 now. What if things kept going at this rate? Things could get pretty gnarly. But the five G's are this. Ground, your area, your property, your land. Gold, which is money on a most secure form, which I'll discuss in a moment. Grub, food security. God, having some sort of faith, having some sort of higher purpose. And guns, ensuring your own safety. However you feel about any of those, of course, the five G's are just an expression. Grub, gold, ground, guns, and God. But each point is certainly powerful in their own right. Near the end here, the two investments that I'm particularly interested in are Bitcoin and silver. Two fully express why I believe these are solid, solid investments. I would have to give you a lesson on monetary history. I would have to really parse out what I mean when I say the US dollar is going to die. The US dollar as a brand will continue to exist, but the one we have now is only since the 70s when Nixon took us off the gold standard. So the one before that ended and a new one was created. In much the same way, I think the one we're living with now will end and a new one will get created. But I think fiat money is on its way out. Fiat being uh, issued by government decree or enforced by government decree. Bitcoin is a bit more complex to understand, but essentially is the same, serving the same purpose that gold and silver is. Particularly, I like silver better than gold for a couple reasons. But I task you now to look something up. The Hidden Secrets of Money by Mike Maloney. It's a YouTube video series that explains pretty well what money is, where it came from, potentially where it's going. The book that spawned my interest and propelled me was Second Chance by Robert Kiyosaki. If you watch that series and read that book, you'll get a pretty great understanding of why I feel the way I do about precious metals, cryptocurrencies. But it's essentially this. The Federal Reserve can print ad infinitum this paper money. There is no foundation. There is no anchor. There is no core to it. It's created out of thin air. Many times without reason, in the shadows. With silver, what's here is here. With Bitcoin, 
The algorithm is such that only 21 million can ever be mined. It is deflationary in its nature. If initially those concepts don't seem important, I really recommend that you look up that book in that series. But consider this. If you've ever used the Pirate Bay or LimeWire or any sort of peer-to-peer service, imagine how much better torrenting or downloading music is versus using the Apple Store. The cost efficiency being the biggest one, but also availability. There are some things you can find on the Apple Store that you can find elsewhere. Now imagine if you apply that to money. That same paradigm shift of a peer-to-peer decentralized money system. Not just a way to access music, but a way to access currency. There's something big there. So this is it. Gold and silver is God's money. Cryptocurrencies are people's money. Fiat currency is government money. And debt is slave money. Debt used properly can change your life. But it requires a higher skill set and a higher awareness, much more patience and due diligence. But it's possible. Now, I want to say this. You must organize or agonize. You can create an entirely different world for yourself if you get your money right. Money is a concept. It's a language. It's a means of expression. It's a medium. We use money to exchange value. Money can be anything. It's just a consensus agreement where people say, let's all use this one item to convey how we feel about our purchasing power. We can't barter our way through life because everybody has different goods. There's a difficulty in resource, but also in time. So yeah, you may be able to sell your cow to another guy who can give you necklaces, who you can sell half of those to, to somebody who will give you iron ore, who you can give to the blacksmith so you can get your swords. Or if everybody in a community agrees upon one type of money, you can all exchange that. And that's what money is. It doesn't have to be the US dollar. It doesn't have to be paper. It doesn't have to be debt. Technology is changing and it's changing so many things. But realms of power. Consider this. In Africa, the vast majority of the population is likely to have access to an iPad, but not a bank. With Bitcoin, an entire country can subvert the banking system and go straight to decentralized peer-to-peer money. What happens when an entire continent is shuttled into a new currency almost by necessity. The value of it rockets up. Asia is in much the same case. Don't let these opportunities go to waste. There are so many books on these topics. 
And it's something that I am particularly interested in. Now, I said Second Chance is a great one, but I've also read Unshakable, Money, Master the Game, Why the Rich are Getting Richer, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Guide to Investing in Gold and Silver, The New Case for Gold, The Richest Man in Babylon, Think and Grow Rich. There are many, many out there, but what I've stated should take you pretty far. Now, I'll leave you with this. Some strategies of how you can actually apply this knowledge and start investing. The first thing is that you must start. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. You're going to learn by doing. I've been doing this for five years and I'm still learning constantly. But I had to start and fail many times before I had my first successes. So, as I've mentioned, what you need is a strategy to remove your emotions so that when the failure does come, it won't be so harsh. Now, what is that? It's dedicating a specific percentage of your income to investments. I've learned 10% to be the the gold standard. (laughs) If you invest 10% of everything you earn, you're investing a dime out of every dollar you earn. When you see it that way, it's much easier to allow yourself to risk the dime because you know, okay, I'm only able to even lose a dime out of each dollar that I've earned. That's really not a whole lot. You have to remove your emotion. Money is emotional. The second thing is to be patient and diligent. Study. There is always more time. Slow down. Look at your options. Try and look ahead and see what's happening now. See what happened in the past. See what worked. I personally don't like to invest lump sums. What you can do is dollar cost average. This is where investing across time comes back. Investing across time is dollar cost averaging. If you have $100 and you invest it all at once, whatever movement in price happens from that point forward is going to fully affect your position. So say you invest $100 in it's something that's worth $100. If it goes down to 90 you now have $90. But if you invest one week $10 at 100 the next week at 90 the next week at 80 the next week at 85 the next week at 70 the next week at 90 and so on until you've put in the initial amount of money you wanted to put in, you have all these different entry points across time. And so as the market continues to move, you're not bound to a single choice that you made one time. You're able to reap the benefits of when you bought in lower because there are unknowns. We don't know what the price is ultimately going to do. So you have to trust that over time, you'll get different entry points and it will benefit you in the long run. There's data to suggest this. Personally, if I earn a large lump sum, 
I like to do 15 to 20% at a time of that sum. I invest 10 to 20% of everything I earn and 30 to 33% of everything I'm given for my birthday, as a gift, Christmas. I really, really hope you consider this and you make the choice to invest. You cannot get rich by saving. Your financial prowess will affect your family. It will affect the children you don't have yet. It'll affect your children's children if you do it correctly. You want something? Go get it.